Take your heart pills and, and buckle up. This is the Rich Eisen Show. So take your heart pills now. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Buckle up. Hope that works for you, Rich. Best <laughs> I could do on short notice. The Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> Earlier on the show, Texas A&M football head coach Jimbo Fisher, QB Summit founder Jordan Palmer. Coming up, Alabama offensive tackle Evan Neal, plus actor Liam Neeson. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show on the air. And we are thrilled that you are here with us. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. We've already uh, had our Friday staple, What's More Likely, where Chris Brockman poses uh, two options for me to choose from as to what's more likely. And then uh, I will choose option three, like uh, which, uh, which, which wide receiver that potentially is on the trading block is most likely to be traded by this point next week? DK Metcalf or Debo Samuel or AJ Brown? I said, how about none of them? Nunya. Nunya. It wasn't none an option. Of them. I mean, Kyler sure. Murray's not going to get <laughs> traded. You know, he's not walking through that door. Nunya is walking through that door. Somebody's getting traded, Rich. Come on. Somebody. What's more likely is I think none of the people I just mentioned get traded. Of course, and the way things are going right now, you're going to get in my ear over this next conversation like, hey, and say they uh... have just been traded. Hey, Ben Simmons is talking just now. Nobody so cares. Why don't you do? No, that's no, 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 not true. TJ, <laughs> while I talk to our next guest, uh-huh. prior to Liam Neeson, one of our favorite actors joining yeah. us uh, on this show, uh, you can uh, listen into what Ben Simmons has to say. Make it party. Maybe you can make it part of your grab bag <laughs> later on this hour. <laughs> Which has something to do with the draft, though, correct? The NFL draft? Yeah. Okay. Well, not just, just draft classes. Ah, terrific. Yeah. I look forward to that. Um, 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on a busy third hour of the program. Uh, on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line right now, though, is somebody who at this point next week will know the answer to the burning question, who will draft Evan Neal? Joining me here, one of the top prospects in this year's draft is the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, tackle Evan Neal. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good. Thank you guys for having me on. You bet. First question is 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 uh, who's your who's your nutritionist, man? I mean, good God, how do you how do you look like that at your weight, <laughs> Evan? Yeah, our nutritionist at Alabama is uh, Miss Amy uh, Amy Bragg. Okay, all right. Yeah. And so, um, I, and honestly, I I can't. I I saw. But how much do you weigh right now, Evan Neal? How much do you weigh right now? Would you say? Uh, at 342 right now, at 342. I don't know. Where, where do you put it? I don't see it. I don't, it's incredible. I mean, so what is your, what is your workout? Like, walk me through it, Evan. Um, well, I'm actually in Dallas right now training with uh, Duke Manuel, and he has us doing all types of stuff uh, this morning, pretty much. We did sleds this morning, like, pretty much kind of like cardio sleds in the, in the hit bike. Uh, the past two days, we've been lifting weights. Uh, we did shoulders and back stuff, so. Yeah. And then that box jump that everybody has been talking about, uh, why did you attempt that one back in the day, Evan? Well, uh, <clears throat> well uh, Coach Dr. Dr. Reyes, uh, we always did plyo box uh, jumps, a part of the workout. We wouldn't uh, do them that high, but uh, he kind of challenged me, you know, to see if I could do the 48-inch uh, boxes, and he lined them up, and I pretty much just did it. But then the whole idea is just, you know, I would just, you know, leap into the box in front of me. What was the idea of putting your legs out there like that, where you got a box behind you and a box in front of you? 
That's weird. That's you know, that's quiet. You know crazy. what? I'm I, I'm I'm not sure uh, why he had to do the um, the move itself. Like, but uh, one thing I can say, it was a pretty good display of my athleticism. So that's kind of what, just what I like to look at it as. So I would it was ag- pretty cool. I would agree with you. It's an excellent use uh, to show off your athleticism. When did you realize that uh, you were good at football, Evan? When did that first hit you? When I, when I really started taking football seriously, probably around the eighth grade and uh, my freshman year of high school. Uh, like I said, I really started taking football series. Sure. And that's when you realized you were you you could be good at this, and you could you could actually go to college for it. Is that what you were thinking? Yeah. After my after my freshman year, I released uh, my highlight tape, and then the offer started rolling in. And then I went to IMG, and I can say going to IMG like and practicing against like the top guys in the nation because at Okeechobee, like I was kind of like a big fish in a small pond. I knew I was good, but, you know, my steel and my iron hadn't been tested yet against, you know, really good competition. You know, so going against IMG, you know, passing against those guys and winning some reps, losing some reps, it let me know that I definitely could play on that level for sure. So one day you're at IMG and you look over your shoulder and there's Nick Saban. Is that how it worked, Evan, for you? I, I didn't see Coach Saban at uh, IMG until he came for, like, my in-home visit. But I saw, like, Coach like Mike Loxley, uh, Tosh Dupont and stuff coming to watch practices and stuff. Okay, so uh, Nick Saban walked into your living room in Okeechobee, Florida. Is that what you're saying, Evan? Yeah, he, he went to Okeechobee. We actually went to my dad's store and okay. uh, met with my family at my dad's store. Yeah, it was pretty cool for sure. What's your dad's store? What was that? What uh, is a that? small little uh, neighborhood convenience store where, where I'm from. Like, sell, like, different beverages and and snacks and stuff, and uh, he also like he owns like small little units behind the store that he rents out. He probably rents out probably like six or seven units, so it's called smaller operation. Okay, so uh, what like uh, one week from today, your dad's closing that store because he's retired. Is that what's happening? Evan? Oh no, we're not going to close it. We're going to take it to the next level. <laughs> <laughs> what is the next level? <laughs> like a chain? We're going to see a chain? Is that what you're saying? Like, like a chain of stores? Yeah, you never, you never know, but uh. My daddy's been in that store his, his entire life, and I just want him to, you know, just have more time to spend with his family. So just get it to the point where it can run itself, and you know, he doesn't have to be there all the time. Did you work? Sure. Did you work the counter in that store at any point in time? Did you yeah, I remember being a kid working the register with my brothers. We would eat all the snacks and stuff in the store. <laughs> 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 not anymore. That's not Miss Amy. I don't think is allowing that. If that's the air nutritionist, not, not right? anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. So uh, okay. Uh, what is the craziest question you got asked by anybody in the talent evaluation process, Evan Neal? Um, it's crazy. I didn't get asked anything because I really didn't pertain like football or really just getting to know me. Like I didn't get one of those off the wall questions for sure. So I'm kind of surprised. Okay. Uh, you weren't asked yeah. to shoot like many baskets by the Eagles or the Giants put you through some sort of crazy, you know, uh, type, uh, questionnaire or anything like that that didn't happen from you nope i mean i okay. did a questionnaire i mean a lot of teams i take a questionnaire sure. for a lot of things those long things i mean but i mean it wasn't anything crazy i mean who who where have you visited in person over the last few weeks i went to see the jaguars i went to see the jets and i went to see the giants so you went to new york you went to new york and new jersey yeah, I did, yes, sir. Okay, so where do you get the sense of where you might wind up, Evan? What's that sense right now? Well, it's going to be exciting to see. Um, you know, wherever I end up is you know, definitely going to be a blessing. So, you know, I'm just excited as you guys are. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's different, you know, from being in high school. You get to choose, you know, where you're going to go. Right. And at this point, you know, it's, you know, the uncertainty, you know, being chosen. So, uh, 
it's going to be exciting to see. Okay, so you really, like, there's no sense where you, did, did you meet with the coaches in all three spots, the owners in all, and any of those three spots? Who did you meet in any of those yeah, spots? I met with the coaches, I met with the GMs, um, okay. but, you know, none of them, they, they definitely have high interest in me, all of them. Uh, I feel like all of them would pick me, but I just don't know which one. So uh, what do you tell them when they ask, what do we get when drafting Evan Neal? What do you tell them, Evan Neal? When you're asked that question. Evan Neal is a, a dependable, durable, and uh, versatile guy. I uh, came in and I played early at Alabama, so I know what it's like that to come in and get thrown in the fire and uh, learn on the fly and adjust to a speed of the game. And uh, didn't miss any games at Alabama. I only missed one, and that was due to COVID. So, you know, you can uh, count on me to be there and uh, and play. And also, the fact that I played three different positions in uh, three different years just added to my, my overall versatility. What? Who uh, in your time at Alabama, SEC, whether it was just last year uh, or in previous years, and they have now gone on to the pros, was the biggest challenge for you to keep off of your quarterback, Evan Neal? In practice, is definitely going up against Will Anderson every day. He definitely made it tough. But like I say, I have iron sharpening iron. Like, that's why you go to Alabama. You know, go against guys like that and get better for sure. Right. What about from the other team? when you were out there on the field? Uh, the Georgia defensive front was really good. Like uh, Trayvon Walker, Nolan Smith, uh, Jordan Davis, all of those guys. It definitely uh, were a good challenge. Okay. Sure. Um, I've asked this question of pretty much everybody from Alabama um, that's come through the last several years. Mac Jones and Tua in particular as well. I think we asked this of Jalen Hurts too. Uh, what's the angriest you or your play has ever made Nick Saban? Evan Neal. The angriest that my plays made Coach Saban. Can't tell you, can't tell him. I can't tell you that. My plays actually, you know, made him, you know, angry. I mean, I'm sure, like, I haven't been perfect and he's critiqued my game like everyone else. But, uh, didn't really get, he yelled at everybody, but, you know, didn't really get, yeah, he got yelled at a few times. But, uh, I always felt like, uh, Coach Saban, you know, was, you know, pleased with my play enough to, you know, go out there and trust me to execute my job on the field. You've never been aired out by Nick Saban, is what you're saying, Evan. Is that what you're I have. I mean, I mean, I have. I, I definitely have. But uh, what do you air you out for then? What would he air you out for? The last time I could remember, with my freshman year, mm-hmm. I remember uh, I was taking guys to the ground. So basically, you know, we were doing team uh, run period, and I think I pancaked the guy, and he yelled at me, you know, for um, for keeping the guy up. He said, "Keep the guys up." And then another time, I remember him yelling at me. I think it was my sophomore year. We were doing flex, our stretch, our stretch lines. And uh, basically, stretch uh, flex is like a workout, man. It's basically, like, it doesn't even, like, especially for the old lineman, it doesn't really get you warmed up. It's just a, it's just a freaking workout, you know. And uh, he yell at me, say, "Yeah, do it right." And even though I would, I do it right. But you know, flex was just flex, man. Well, I guess if you only allow two sacks in one year, like you did last year, you're not going to hear from your coach pretty much. So, <laughs> you know, that's one way to do it. Um, have you been on the business end or recipient of any of his D's nuts jokes? Has that ever been your, in your in your world? No, I haven't. Nah, I haven't. Probably a lot of DB room for sure. <laughs> That's what. All right, Evan. Um, are you going to be in Vegas? Have you committed to that? Is it where you're going to be? Yes, sir. Yeah, right. I'm going to be out there. Well, I hope to meet you in person. Shake your hand and uh, and then personally thank you for calling into the show. Good luck to you, and uh, let's talk once you land somewhere. Thank you. I look forward to it. You got it. That's Evan Neal, everybody, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. A mountainous individual.
just a huge, as Mike Mayock calls it, dancing bear. That's what he always would call a guy with his size who could move around. That's a dancing Th- granite statue. That is, I mean, that's the idea is that you draft him, you place him there, and you don't think about it for another 10 years. That's the type of talent. That's why people think he's number one overall. That was the conversation going into the combine. Is it Neil or Aquanu, number one overall? And then the Jacksonville Jaguars franchise tag Cam Robinson. It's interesting they had him there. Due diligence, somebody maybe they move down and then they can go grab him. I don't know. I think it's going to be Aiden Hutchinson first overall or Trayvon Walker first overall. And then if it's Trayvon Walker, then the, then it's on. Then we've started then, then the dominoes will tumble in a way that I don't think anybody knows. It's the most unpredictable draft year that you can possibly have. I haven't seen anything quite like it. Um, but that was an interesting chat with him. Let's take a break here. When we come back here, um, his new film is uh, available in theaters starting next Friday. His new film is called Memory. He plays a hired gun who suddenly, towards the end of his career, has trouble remembering things. Let's put it that way. Liam Neeson is next on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Back here on our simulcast here on Peacock, Sirius XM, Channel 85, this terrestrial radio outfit, Odyssey, and we're so excited, big fan of this man, and thrilled that he is calling into this show on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line right now, along with Guy Pierce and Monica Bellucci. What a heck of a cast. New film called Memory. 
coming out next Friday, April 29th. Joining us here, the star of that film is Liam Neeson. How are you, sir? I'm very good. I'm very good. Thank you. So thanks for thanks for being on this program. So uh, let's just jump right into it. What what uh, what uh, appealed to you when uh, you said yes for doing Memory, which is a, a fascinating story about uh, an assassin who's losing his uh, memory back here. Marbles. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I was, yes, that's one way to put it as well, yeah. Well, that, that's, that's exactly it. I mean, it's a, it's a genre that we all know very well. You know, an assassin, a hitman out to get bad guys or what have you. Um, but this man who's legendary within his profession um, is suffering from early onset Alzheimer's. And um, so there's a kind of a race against the clock because he knows he's facing the end of his days. And uh, he and the FBI uncover a, a child prostitution uh, sex trafficking ring. Uh, and for him, that's, that's a red line you never cross. And uh, so he sets about in his own way to, to find out who's Who's the leader? Who's 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 really in charge of all this? And it, and it leads to people in high positions in El Paso, Texas. Uh, and all the time he's 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 uh, carrying out his own personal form of justice and letting the FBI know they're dragging their heels, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of essentially it. But he knows. You know, he's done some bad, nasty things throughout his professional life. Um, and he, you know, as I say, he's facing the end of his days. He, he, he wants to make uh, a, a huge wrong right. And uh, by, by way of a redemption, I guess. You know? Sure. And so you read a script like this and you, you get a sense of you know how you're going to play it. Um, how, how do you how does something like that work? For you, Liam Neeson. It's 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 a it's a general you know. I, it's not that I know how to play it. It's just it's certainly it, it with this particular script. It, it touched just something in me. I mean, we all know. Let's let's face it, Chris. If not in our immediate family and our family's friends, we all know people who are suffering from dementia, Alzheimer's. It's a horrible, horrible affliction. Uh, I I have a personal friend back home in Ireland who's going through uh, the early stages of dementia, and it's 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 sad. He he still recognizes me just about, but we're sitting in his living room, and he doesn't recognize his own living room, and and it's uh, it's traumatic. And I I must say guiltily, I must say the actor part of my brain is going as really observing him watching how he lifts a cup of coffee or how he looks around the room and stuff and i i I think i want to steal a couple of his little mannerisms and and try and put them in this film you know so that i get it right and that i don't overact you know uh, people who are suffering from alzheimer's or but you know i didn't want to do a definitely not a big showboat thing of all, all the research I've done, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked very closely with Martin Campbell, who's the um, our director, and a, and a wonderful action director he is. Um, and uh, I, so, so I would present him with things I had noticed from 
documentary films I'd watched on Alzheimer's and dementia, uh, some books I'd read and said, look, Martin, I want to be able to introduce this physical characteristic. Would you keep your eye on it, make sure I don't go overboard? And, and that's what we did throughout the film. You know, he would sometimes say, look, Liam, I see what you're doing there, but just pull that back by 50% or, or do a little bit more of this, you know? Uh, these physical characteristics. I just wanted to get it right and do it right and, and pay some kind of a homage to to my friend and also to the, the, the people who are suffering this horrible affliction. You know? Memory is in theaters next week on Friday, April 29th. I have Liam Neeson, who, along with Guy Pierce, Monica Bellucci, and more starring in Memory right here on the Rich Eisen Show. So uh, who was your actor or actress growing up where that might have made you think, I want to be an actor, Liam Neeson? Who was that you know, person? that's a good question, Richard. I, um, um, I have to say Alan Arkin. Really? I remember seeing a film in my local cinema when I was a teenager called, uh, the Alan starred in, called Poppy, P-O-P-I. Okay. Uh, where he was a, uh, a Cuban, and he was trying to get his son, as far as I remember, get his son to Miami to give him a better life. Um, and it was it was both f- funny and very very touching. That that, that film and Alan's uh, performance, I thought, was uh, just really really got got me. You know, uh, there's been many actors since, and I've had the pleasure of working with some of them, certainly. Meryl Streep is a pal of mine, and, and Bob De Niro, Robert is a pal, and you know they're they're, they're extraordinary, extraordinary actors, and so I, I've, I've been very, very lucky. But but that that particular performance of Alan's, uh, and I've I've never met Alan Arkin before. I'd love to, but but that particular performance in that particular film really, really affected me in a in a kind of profound way, you know. Yeah, sure. That was going to be my next question, if you've ever been able to tell him that. I mean, what a career he's had from Catch-22 to, uh, uh, honestly, one of my favorite comedies of all time is The In-Laws, him and Peter Falk. I mean, he's one of the oh, funniest. Fantastic. <laughs> and have you seen him in the, uh, the, the, the wonderful show he does? Uh, With Michael Douglas? Uh, yeah, but McKinsey, not the, McKinsey, yeah, the Kaminsky method. He's been he's Kaminsky method. Amazing. I absolutely loved him in that. Yeah. Two of them. <laughs> we're bouncing off each other. Exactly. So, uh, what? What? Com- I mean, uh, com- you know, I've seen stuff that you've done comedically. Um, is there? Is there uh, any favorite comedy of all time that you you enjoy? Like, what's your favorite comedy to go to that you've watched? I'm listen. Days? I'm 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 an old timer. I have to say, certainly from being a child, going to matinees back home was definitely Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy. Wow. Uh, what happened, Lucas Stella, of course, but 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 Stan and Laurel were were or Stan and Ollie were were just just truly my favourites. No kidding. And, and moving along, I you know I have to say films like Airplane and the Naked Gun series were very very funny. Do you go and Lieutenant Frank Drebin on me right now, Liam Neeson? That's pretty cool. I'll take that. Those are some great. I, 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 those are the all-time greats. Then, of course, you know, uh, at the end of uh, the Naked Gun with the the baseball scene, uh, is 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 outstanding. Did you? Are you a sports fan in any way, shape, or form, Liam Neeson? Do you ever? I, you know, you, I, I I'm a boxing fan because I used to be an amateur boxer years and years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, my one of my sons is a huge ice hockey fan, namely a Rangers. 
New York Rangers fan. So, mm-hmm. so we've we've been to quite a few games over the years. You know, I still can't figure out the rules. He has to always tell me. But but I enjoy the the, the atmosphere, especially in Madison Square Garden. It's just phenomenal. You know. Yeah, sure. So so if if hockey's rules are a bit uh, you know troublesome, I imagine the NFL, the National Football League, is something that. Uh, have you ever been to an NFL game? You ever been to one of those? I, I have. And I'll tell you, to me, seriously, it's mm-hmm. I, I, I'm okay, and I'll get killed for this. It's okay, I'd go sooner for watch paint dry on a wall. <laughs> I just do not get it, and, um, and I've tried. I've really, really tried, but it's just, and, and I feel the same about baseball too. I know it's a, an American, a Canadian, sure. you know, institution. Yeah. I just do not get it. <laughs> so, so what about the the football that the rest of the world calls football? Or you, you, oh, uh, soccer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would, you know, I'd follow Liverpool uh, football club, and mm-hmm. I would, you know, with my two boys, I, I'd, I'd watch a few Liverpool games. I'm not a huge fan of soccer. When it comes to the World Cup, yeah, I would definitely watch it. You know. Sure. Uh, especially the semifinals and the finals. Well, it's but, coming up uh, right around the corner, the latest World Cup. It sure is. I can't believe it's not uh, four years have passed. It know. has. Liam Neeson here on the Rich Eisen Show. We've got a couple of uh, items from your filmography and your career uh, that we've noticed um, on you know line on the Internet, and we figured we could play a game called Celebrity True or False. You tell me if this is true or not, if you don't mind, Liam Neeson, from your... Your history. Uh, as a matter of fact, we have some uh, we have some production value to go to it that we're very proud of here on the Rich Eisen Show. Go for it. Celebrity, true or false? You can't handle the truth. All right, that's Jack Nicholson. I'm sure you noticed that voice right there at the yes. end. Okay, here we go, Liam Neeson. True or false? You drove a forklift for the Guinness Beer Company once upon a time after dropping out of college. Is that true or false? Yes, that's true. Yeah, one of the best jobs I ever had. What? Because <laughs> are you saying you sampled some of the product? Is that what you're saying, Liam? Uh, occasionally, on because we we'd wrap on a Friday, run about one o'clock, mm-hmm. and occasionally we'd we the management would give us a bottle of Guinness. You know, <laughs> that that was it. Um, but I loved that job. I loved being a forklift truck driver. Yeah, I did it for over a year. Oh, wow. No kidding. All right, so that is true. Uh, next one, true or false, you appeared on Miami Vice in the 1980s. Is that true, Liam Neeson? Yes, I did. I did uh, a pilot episode. It might have been for season three. Okay. Uh, in 1985, 86. I think it was 1986. Well, who'd you play? Yeah. Who'd you play in that one? I played a playboy Irish terrorist. The female cops uh, that was beautifully played by Sandra Santiago. She falls in love with me. Of course. But I'm I'm there to commit some devious deeds. Uh, And Don Johnson ends up shooting me at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Do you still get a residual check for that in the mail every now and then? I don't think so. But but they gave me, you know, the show was known for its dress, its its style, its Mm -hmm. music and stuff. Mm -hmm. And... uh, I wore some really, really cool. I think it was Georgie Ormani stuff, you know. <laughs> you get to you get to keep it. You get to walk away. Oh, sir! I got to keep a jacket. I know they gave me a jacket. Okay. Yeah. Okay. At least it wasn't. I guess then a bloody murder of you by Don Johnson. <laughs> you get to keep the jacket. A couple more items here. Liam Neeson, celebrity, true or false, on the Rich Eisen show. True or false? You lost the role of Fezzik in The Princess Bride to Andre the Giant because Rob Reiner thought you were too short at six foot four. Is that true or false? 
That's very true, yeah. I had a meeting with Rob, uh, and if I ever meet him, I'll give him a little dressing down because I walked into the room, mm -hmm. and he turned to his casting director and said, come on, come on, what height are you? He said to me. I said, I'm six foot four. Come on, he's, he's just a normal-sized American, for God's sake. <laughs> I need a giant. He never even said, hello, goodbye, thank you very much. Oh. <laughs> I thought he was awfully rude. And I think he's incredibly talented. <laughs> wrong. But I think if I ever run into Rob, I have to say, excuse me, Rob, I want to bring you back to 19, whenever it was, 80-something, you know. You were you were quite rude to your casting director, and you were quite rude to me. However, it was a wonderful <laughs> film, and he did indeed cast it perfectly with Andre the Giant. <laughs> I guess if you're if you're told you're too short at six foot four, it's helpful that Andre the Giant was the one who beat you out, right, Liam Neeson? I yeah, would assume. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> makes you feel a little bit better. Okay, true or false? You turned down playing James Bond in Goldeneye. Is that true or false, Liam Neeson? Uh, that is false. Um, okay. They, they they were interested in me after Schindler's List, um, but I, I know they were also interested in, in three or four other actors. So no, I was not offered it. Okay. It was they they sent out feelers. They they wanted to see if I was interested in it. You would know? would you be would you ever have been interested in playing James Bond? I you know for something I I remember I was going around the room going ding 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 ding. ding. <laughs> Like appearing in front of a mirror, put my hands up in a gun position, <laughs> thinking, "Wow!" And I remember my my dear departed wife said to me, mm. "We were shooting a film in uh, North Carolina called Nell." Yes, of course. And she looked at me straight in the face and she said, "Liam, if you are offered this and if you do it, you know we can't get married." <laughs> wow! And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> And that was all she wrote for James Bond, 007. Yeah. Oh. So anytime we had little arguments, I'd always go, ding, 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 <laughs> Last one for you, Liam Neeson. True or false here on the Rich Eisen Show. You, you thought you were a little bit, um, I, I guess, wavering on the movie Taken, but signed on to spend four months in Paris and take on the kind of role you hadn't really been offered in the past. Is that true or false? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I did. Uh, my agent sent me the script. I thought, oh, I'd love to do this. Uh, and I, I, my wife actually was, was, was showing a film she was in with Ray Fiennes at the Shanghai Film Festival. And I found out that, that Luc Besson, who was the co-creator of the Tekken franchise, uh, certainly of the first Tekken film, uh, script. He, uh, I knew he was head of the jury in Shanghai, so I, I accompanied my wife, and, and I had met Luke a couple of times over the years, but I pulled him aside and I said, "Listen, look, I've read the script. I'd really love to do it. I'm sure I'm not on your short list. I'm sure I'm not even on your long list, but I'd love to do it. I used to. I was an amateur boxer. I've done some fight scenes in movies." with swords and shields and all that sort of stuff, but I'd, I'd love to get the chance to do this. So anyway, push came to shove, and, and they, they offered it to me, and I was thrilled, you know. Do you have people that just come up to you on the street and, and hand you a phone and ask you to call somebody and threaten them on the phone in your taken voice? Does that ever happen to you? That's that happened a couple of times, but when the phone first came out, if I had five cents for every time my sons asked me to leave a message for their friends... <laughs> I'd be quite a rich man, I'll tell you that.
<laughs> Where you just tell them you're going to find them, right? I mean, that's pretty much the way it goes, right? Yeah. That's, yeah that was it. Oh, my gosh. Liam, uh, greatly appreciate uh, the time um, and your phone call to this program. Uh, like I mentioned, a big, huge fan of your work. And memories available in theaters on Friday, April 29th, starring Liam Neeson on the program. Thanks for the call. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you, man. You got it. That's Liam Neeson here on The Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> Great. <laughs> There he goes. I have to go mess somebody up. And him and Princess Bride, huh? That would have been something. Yeah, as but you know, and but for him to basically, you know, um, lose out though to the Andre the Giant, it's it's fun again. Well, that's, that's right. Attracts again. Yeah. I told yeah. you all the time. If I never succeed at something and somebody else gets the gig or gets the opportunity, I want that person to win. I want my team to lose to the team that eventually wins the championship. That's all. Nah. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm okay with that as long as it's not my rival. Or is that whole thing with the yeah. Duke in North Carolina, I guess. Yeah. Well, we, we've been, we have been, if you will, taken uh, with Liam Neeson on this program for a very long time. I, I don't think we've ever brought this. Have we put this on the air? I feel like we might have played it right when it happened. Because Vince Scully... <laughs> Vin Scully received the Presidential Medal of right. Freedom, so right? That? Is that what it's right. called? The Presidential yeah. Medal of Freedom yeah, or yeah, Honor? Yeah, yeah. What is Medal it again? of Freedom. Medal Vince of Freedom from Barack Obama shortly before Obama left office. Yeah, so this, is, uh, this, was, Nove- this was after the election, so November 22nd of 2016. Okay, so Obama is leaving office and he gets... He, he gives out a whole bunch of uh, medals. Vince Scully gets one. A few weeks, if not months before, though, a, a video went viral or an audio went viral of the press secretary uh, of uh, Obama's uh, administration calling Vince Scully to congratulate him on winning and being awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom and inviting him to come to the White House. And it was such a sweet moment for Vin and whatever. But for some reason, we chopped it up <laughs> with the Liam Neeson taken scene. So correct? Our guy Vito, who uh, does the radio opens, uh, he he just kind of threw this together. And, and we're, now we're going to play yeah, it we're, here? Yeah, let's play it. Okay, now that we just said goodbye to Liam Neeson. Sure. We should have played it for him, I guess. Well, but uh, that would be interesting. Go ahead and hit it. Hello. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you are looking for ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. Oh. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Oh my gosh. Skills <laughs> I've acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. <laughs> if you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> Why did we do that? Why did we think of doing Because it that? works perfectly. It's, just that, the one halfway through, he just goes, oh, 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 oh. oh. <laughs> why we did that why do we even put the two things together because we know was bored yeah I don't know. Uh, he's listening to the show he's like oh this would be funny i will find you honestly oh, one of the sweetest no. most deserving members in the history of the united states presidential medal of freedom being informed that he's getting it 
and we decide to mash it up with uh, Taken. Hello. 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 <laughs> there he is right there. Oh. Look at Vin. Oh, he just got his ring. Oh, it's last year. Is that what it is? Last year? Okay. Hello. <laughs> there he is. Okay. Uh, let's take a break. We've got the big-ass grab bag to take us to the weekend, huh? Oh. Yeah. And then we'll tell you how next week is going to run when we finally hit the draft week in the National Football League. That's next right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the -the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Outfitting for anybody who may have missed what we just did on NBC Sports, on Peacock and NBC Sports Audio. Let me read you this uh, promo. So dumb, it's criminal. <laughs> That's the name of a show with Snoop Dogg. Is that our show? No, 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 oh, no, okay. no. It's just a segue. Thought we got Snoop renamed. and a panel of comedians roast hilarious crime fails caught on camera. Stream the original series now. Go to PeacockTV.com to sign up. So dumb, it's criminal. Ben Lines was right. Snoop Dogg just makes sense in every room. Every room, every channel, every network. Every network. Of course. Every co-host. Before we get to um, the uh, grab bag to to play us out, um, I want to read this quote. Andrew Berry, the general manager of the Cleveland Browns, holds some cards here, folks. Okie dokie. He holds some cards because he's got the Baker Mayfield contract at $18 million and change still sitting there on his docket, still sitting there on his salary cap, still uh, Baker Mayfield not showing up to the offseason workout stuff, and why would he? I mean, he's not, he's not going to be anywhere. So um, $18.8 million salary for 2022, and that's the question is is if you are a team, you're Carolina, you're Seattle, you're New Orleans, and you're a team that's supposedly looking at a quarterback in this year's draft, you're looking at a quarterback to try and win with potentially now or win with starting next year, okay? And you're sitting there and your evaluation is, I don't know if these guys are really worth it. Maybe you flip a pick in this year's draft for Baker Mayfield. And the question is, though, not for $18.8 million bucks. You're not going to do that. So Andrew Berry's got to play a little bit of ball here, right? 
can call them up and say X, Y, and Z. And how much dollars and cents are you willing to shave off? And that's how Baker Mayfield gets to a new team before the draft next week. I don't think it's going to happen. And um, uh, here's, the, here's, here's, the, here's the answer as to why I don't think it's definitely not going to happen. Because he was asked today about whether he can see Mayfield being on the roster for training camp this summer. Remember I told you if it gets past the draft, he could even go all the way to training mm-hmm. camp? And it looks like it's going to get past the draft. His answer was, I think, quite honestly, anything regarding kids of speculation on the future several months out, that's probably unfair because we realize that circumstances in the NFL can change. That's his way of saying the hell going on, right? (laughs) And quite honestly, my focus has been on the draft next week just because we're inside of a week and all those kinds of larger roster issues that are things that may surface over the next five, six, seven months, I'll shift my focus after that. I don't mean to laugh because uh, that means Baker, smoke him if you got him and give that dog a scratch because that's the couch you might be waiting to get the answer from. And that might mean message to anybody out there, you want Baker, you know, uh, you better up the ante that you've done for me right now. And maybe he might be playing poker and with the media. But that does not sound like to me that they are close to anything is imminent. Draft week, things may change. But I'm thinking once the, the – we're at draft week. We're essentially there. Yeah, We're less than a week till the first round Goes starts. Down. So let's see what happens in it before you call up and find out what Baker Mayfield may be about. I don't see anything before this draft. And it could possibly be, who knows, um, a Friday night deal, right? Baker's traded on the Friday night of the draft. Have they gone through the first two rounds? It's the third round. And whoever thought they were they could get the quarterback they wanted didn't, missed on it. And now you could trade uh, um, a late Friday night pick or maybe a Saturday pick for Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. And Cleveland will go sold. Let's get him out of here. Yep. Let's just move forward. Yep. We could use that pick on so-and-so tonight or tomorrow. And let's get going. And they eat the they eat the money. But I don't see anything happening between now and Thursday with an answer like that. Okay, T.J. Jefferson. Yes, sir. It is Friday. It is time for T.J.'s big-ass grab bag to take us to the weekend. T.J.'s top five. What in the world is in that bag? What you got in that bag? Okay. All right. Like we always do at this time, fellas. Kaboom. <laughs> I guess who stepped in the room. T.J. here. Listen. Got the draft coming up this next weekend, right? Pretty exciting. So what I wanted to do real quick, guys, is I decided to dig into the big-ass grab bag and wanted to make this draft-related. So I came up with TJ's top five draft classes of all time. All time. All time. All time. All time. All All right, now coming in at number five, even if you're not a, a fan of pro wrestling, which a lot of you aren't, I'm sure you know the names John Cena, Dave Bautista, and Brock Lesnar. You've heard of all those guys, sure, right? Yeah. All right, so because of those three, I'm putting in the WWE's Ohio Valley Wrestling 
class of 2002. They're coming so in number not five. this is NFL wait, draft wait, thing. No, this is all five all just tra- draft classes. You see, you have four of the biggest stars in the history of wrestling, and they all started training together, and they all came from the same Cena. draft class. You're talking 46 combined world championships. Right. You're talking 11 WrestleMania main events. And then, outside of wrestling, you're talking to close to $10 billion in box, box office, office. receipts between Cena Bafo. and Batista. You're talking about a former <laughs> UFC champion and Brock Lesnar. Okay, we're talking Guardians of the Galaxy. The Avengers, Suicide Squad, what a curveball, peacemakers, like, like, right? no Super Bowl ring. How many Super Bowl rings? They, well, I didn't say this was a football. I just said draft. All right, okay. well, now and, we, I think you've set the table. Yeah, so <laughs> that's right. number five, and that to me, that that's one of the greatest classes of all time in their specific profession. Okay. You're going to be hard pressed to find better than that. Uh-oh. Coming in at number four, kind of tough to settle on one Major League Baseball draft class and I was close to going with the 85 class it had Barry Larkin the big unit Randy Johnson and John Smoltz three Hall of Famers and it should have two more in Barry Bonds and Rafael Palmero they should be in but they're not Uh, right they they should be they should be they should be Palmero no thanks yeah 3,500 yeah Uh, please okay but I didn't go with him because he didn't make it in. So instead, I went with the draft class of 1973. In 1973, you have Robin Yount. Nice. You have Dave Winfield. You have Eddie Murray. And you have Fred Lynn. Fred Lynn was a great baseball Three Hall of Famers right there. The first three guys. Fred Lynn, rookie of the year and MVP in his rookie season. Okay. Robin Yount, two-time MVP. Dave Winfield, 12-time All-Star. Eddie Murray, you know, eight-time All-Star, world champion, three-time gold gloves, 3,000 hits, 500 home runs. Finding a baseball class was tough because there's a lot of good ones, but I feel like this one could go up there as the the best of all time. Coming in at number three, we're we're talking basketball, all right? And this was another tough one. I had to dribble between two. I'm going to go with the 1996 NBA draft, and I'm putting them at number three. Over 84? In 1996, you have Allen Iverson, Ray Allen, Kobe Bryant, Steve Nash, and an undrafted Ben Wallace. Look at the Blue Steel Pager Stoyakovich in the back row right there, man. I mean, in addition addition to those Hall of Famers, you had some really solid all-stars, some really key guys on championship teams and championship contenders. Look at that picture. That was a great year, man. Um, Camby, um, damn it. Marcus Camby, David Stern in the middle. You know, 1996 is that Steve Nash top right? That look is at Nash. Yeah, Steve right. Nash, yeah. Look at that fresh face. Yeah, so 1996, I'm putting them at three. Coming okay. in at number two, I got the 1984 NBA draft class. Now, I'm going to leave it at this. It was tough to pick between the two, but Michael Jeffrey Jordan, Akeem Olajuwon, and Charles Barkley all are in this 1984 draft. Look at Akeem. Along like, is with that John his prom Stockton. dress? Is that his prom outfit? <laughs> Look at that. I don't know if he went to the prom necessarily. Look at David Stern. Look at his stash. And I straight the, out of uh, winning time. And I think the greatest thing about this is, remember when Stern retired, he and Hakeem kind of recreated this picture. His first draft. Awesome. To his last draft. Oh. It's hard to say Michael Jordan, you know, to put him anywhere but the highest level that you could put him. So that's why I went Stockton with, was in that class, too. Stockton huh? was in that class, too. All right. So number one's got you got to give me an NFL. I'm giving you an NFL. Okay. Like, if you just let me, you know, you guys want to oh, jump oh, on me at number oh. five. Not even know where I'm going to go with it's one. All right, it's all right. You know? It's all right. Coming in at number it's, one, there are a lot of good NFL draft classes out there. There are legendary ones. So this one was tough. I stayed up for a couple hours last night kind of doing this but this one I had to look at 41 first team all pros 144 pro bowls I'm going with as TJ's top 
draft class of all be time. D- it's Dion, right? The 1983 NFL draft. Okay. You had seven Hall of Famers drafted in the first round, including Richard Dent, who was mm-hmm. drafted in the eighth round. I mean, and you also have guys like Joey Browner, who probably should be in the Hall of Fame, but we're talking Elway, Eric Dickerson, Jim Kelly, Dan Marino. Ken O'Brien. Ken O'Brien. Well, he didn't quite get to those levels. Wait a minute. This just in. (laughs) But anyway, guys, that that was TJ's top five draft classes. I tried to pick from all the different sports and activities. And uh, as always, interested in seeing what you guys think. But those were mine. Was Ken O'Brien ever a pro bowler? I don't he know. may have Freaking been Jets. Letting uh, Marino slide and taking Ken yeah, O'Brien. Yeah, didn't go 1989, though, huh? Dion's draft class. That was tough. It was, you know. That's four of the top five. That's four of the top fame. five Hall of Famers. Give, right give me that draft uh, class. Four of the top five. Troy Aikman, number one. Tony Mandrich, two. Barry Sanders, Derek Thomas, Dion Sanders. But it came down to the 83 yeah. class. They had eight Hall of Famers. And then Steve Atwater at 20 makes the Hall of Fame. So, who's, who, who, who's the Jets pick in that one? Who was that one? Was that the that wasn't the Lagerman draft? That was, was Jeff Lagerman oh, yeah. at fourteen overall. <laughs> I remember where I was in Ann Arbor, Michigan, <laughs> screaming at the television, <laughs> screaming. And then Mel Kiper Jr. is like, "The Jets don't know what the draft's all about." That's like, he's talking good, though, to Vince Tobin. Yeah. But yeah, Chris, it came down those two classes were. That I just had to flip good job. Coin, good job, basically. Yeah, good nice. grab bag to take us to play us out. Have a great weekend, everybody. Next week, we've got the NFL Draft. Daniel Jeremiah will be our first guest to kick off Draft Week. We will see you then.